0: I'm Amy Blackthorne, and this is Blackthorne Grove. For those of you who are new to the podcast, BlackthornsBotanicals.com has some great teas, ritual oils, magical candles, and more for the next bit. I know not everyone can get to the podcast right away. I'm going to put up a podcast-only coupon code code PODCAST all lowercase on BlackthornsBotanicals.com for 20% off anything you find in the store. Try and help as best I can. And and apparently Leeloo agrees. That's BlackthornsBotanicals.com and offer code PODCAST all lowercase. Content warning. This show, this episode, discusses themes of the dangers inherent in practicing an alternative religion outside the mainstream. It can be difficult to hear. I want to make sure that you're in a safe place to hear um, my thoughts and feelings and the thoughts and feelings of those who emailed in to the show. I adore you and I appreciate you uh, your time and attention. Just make sure you can come back when you're feeling a little bit more supported. Blessed be. Hello, and welcome to the Blackthorn Grove. My name is Amy Blackthorn. This is the Blackthorn Grove, where witches meet together to discuss the ideas of community and how that looks when we're together and when we're apart. We are still amidst a pandemic, and that's going to change what this upcoming Samhain looks like for a lot of people so I thought we'd have a chat about it Just for a bit on this beautiful fall day The first thing I want to talk about Is uh, something I've had some trouble with this Samhain season The idea That with all the advancements that we've made people and society you know people genuinely trying to connect and dismantle toxic systems like racism sexism transphobia and a lot of other really toxic systems Um, I'm having a hard time with the way witches are perceived from outside and I know this is nothing new. I've been I've been doing this for, oh my goodness, twenty nine years. Uh, it's really important to me to be able to express and understand, and discuss this with you listening at home in your cars, or at work. <clears throat> I am on a number of photography groups. I it's my passion. It's a it's a very beneficial hobby for me. I do a lot of plant portraiture, as you might understand from my books that I've written. And I love doing botanical classification and really cataloging the way plants and flowers have come along. And that means up-close photography, some portraiture, which leads my skill set to be beneficial to friends who are looking for portraits of themselves so I'm in a lot of photography groups that talk about these things and with it being October these groups are inundated with women who want to reclaim their power by dressing as witches and giggling and talking about their coven (laughs) I I don't want to gatekeep and I'm not going to That being said, for people who don't identify as witches, for people who don't practice, who don't know what it's like, it's so easy to take up that mantle for a day, a year, and proclaim themselves powerful. You don't need to be a witch to be powerful. It's just the way that a certain certain segment of us choose to embrace our power. You can be a strong and powerful person no matter the epithet that you choose. Which makes it difficult to try and explain when we're having issues like companies like Panera Bread firing people for being pagan, firing people for being witches. This that case is still not resolved just because it's not in the news at the moment. It's you know, there's still a discovery, there's still Trying to figure out how they'll handle it. I really would like to be able to talk to some of the people involved in the case. But that is not currently available. I just want... I wish I had the ability to explain to people who... Are able to freely and joyfully call themselves. Which is for one day a year. That the rest of us face so many difficult potentialities just for embracing words like witch, Wiccan, pagan, heathen. It's still scary out there. If a company can fire you for your sincerely held religious beliefs, we're still threatened with assault. We're threatened with murder for existing. I... I can't tell you how many times I've had this issue because I've worked with the public. In writing Blackthorn's Protection Magic, it was difficult because I had to tell a lot of those stories and they were not easy to dredge up. They're not easy to dust off, bring out the cobwebs. So rather than dive right into my own stories, I got permission from a Facebook post in on my private page to see if it was okay with others if I shared some of their stories. And um, some have said I can use a made-up name, some have said no name. So as is my job, I want to make sure that they're protected and taken care of so I won't be talking about a whole lot of names but these people are just as real as you and me and when we hear their stories it's so sad that as enlightened as people try and portray our society as being this happens every day in every corner of our the U.S. as well as around the world you know people are still murdered for being born Albino or uh, possessing albinism, I suppose. Those traits are ones that have been prized in uh, certain segments of the world as being as having magical properties, and it's terrifying to feel those people and the the fear that they deal with every day. So. I'd like to share some stories and I'll. I may share one or two of mine, but it was really important to talk about this. The first one was a friend who said, I'm writing the shortened, sanitized version of this story because I'll be in bed soon. I can go. So I've been working for my employer for over a decade, and in that time I felt safe being myself. I came out as queer a few years back, like seven? And it was supported. Our director has queer offspring. It's a really great warm place to be. About three-ish years ago, I was talking to someone I thought was a friend about an issue that a close friend of mine was having and how he asked for a non-Christian deity for their help and guidance. This person also knows I'm not straight. About two weeks later, I got an email from HR asking me to meet I'm blindsided with a question about inappropriate behavior being discussed at work. I was forced to out myself to the HR person, who then said I couldn't tell anyone about it after. I reminded them that the institution protects queer folks from being forced into situations like that. This was even during Pride Month. The HR person went into more detail, saying I had supposedly told someone that I engaged in voodoo that required body parts of black women to have sex with my husband. I was understandably angry and upset about this. I spoke with a lawyer who sent a letter to the institution regarding this HR person about the individual in my department. Hearing nothing from either until vacation that year, like magic, both individuals were missing when I got back. I still don't know what happened, but I got a raise and a promotion last year, so clearly the HR person had it out for me prior to their removal. The boss has been trying to get a promotion and a raise for a year. It's worth mentioning, that the institution I work for has made strides to support pagans as well as queer folks. The en- the annual calendar includes seasonal pagan holidays with management guidance, including allowing employees time off for solstices and yule, etc. I still delight in knowing they both got fired and I got a significant raise. That story is terrifying, and I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that. The fact that people not only maligned you as a person, but maligned in a separate entire faith, the, the faith of voodoo, is a beautiful, beautiful practice that is near and dear to my heart. It's disgusting what people think that they need to do to justify their hatred. And I'm so, so sorry you went through that. Let's see the next story. Okay. I actually have a few persecution stories. My abusive aunt forbade me from having an altar when I was when I moved when I was forced to live with them after my mom died. Mocked my faith constantly while going to church and calling yourself a Christian. As I worked as a bookseller slash cashier for Barnes and Noble back in the day, I wore my pentacle, and the amount of abuse hurled at me was insane. A woman actually told me my man- told my manager to fire me because. Quote, "That girl isn't Christian after I told her the Christmas cards were on back order. People would literally cut in line to proselytize and harass me, calling me disgusting, a Satan worshiper, nasty, wrong, sick, and evil. My mom asked me to maybe stop wearing my pentacle and I pointed out that if Christians can wear a cross I should be wearing my pe- I, sh- I would keep wearing my pentacle. The Luke AFB chaplain refused to marry my husband and I because we were pagan. My mother-in-law was informed, and then very suddenly we were offered the very large chapel to hold our wedding and hand-fasting instead of the very small one. I still had to get someone else to marry us, but we got better digs. At boot camp, there was a movement to take away all forms of non-Judeo-Christian worship, including the pagan one that my fiancé, now husband, was attending. There was vigorous resistance, my husband among those among the ones pissed off, naturally, That they wound up being defeated, but yeah, they actually tried that shit. Ironically, the mill spouse community has been pretty fucking tolerant, lol. You say something about saging a house or blessing, or cleansing slash blessing, and people are actually uh, cool with it. I'm so sorry that happened. It's really unsettling to see what people are willing to do just to make sure that they and their faith are the only one that gets response. They continued, I even advocated for some inmates when I was doing corrections work because there was no pagan worship things, only non-denominational, but still Christian stuff. I found the policy that stated if there were X number of inmates of that faith, they had to be accommodated. One of the many reasons it pays to know policy. Thank you so much for sharing. The issues of helping Inmates of alternative religions are many, and I'm so thankful for those who call do, who feel called to do prison worship. It's interesting how when people's livelihood is threatened, then all of a sudden it's no longer an issue. Um, Issues and threats against someone's livelihood go for minority religions as well. It, it really needs to be heard by more uh, vocal parts of the community. Let's see, another story says, I faced both discriminations in people coming to my defense for my religious beliefs, from non-witches and non-pagans too. One of my first massage jobs, a woman got jealous because my first few weeks back, I was getting booked solid. When she found out my religious beliefs, she got super nasty, even trying to drop what it was in my district manager at the time, who shrugged it off and said, she's wicked, so what? They then threatened to try and take some of my clients because she wasn't booked, but I was because she was there longer, and I had a coworker just size her up and said, well, I've been here longer than you. I should take your clients. Thankfully, I've worked for smaller businesses since then, and no one cares what I believe now, so far. Another comment reads, I'm bone weary of watching people cosplay as witch to acclaim and profit. It's always been a challenging role within the community, with so many have died, while others shriek that word. Today, somewhere in the world, someone is dying because of the word witch it is not used in an adorable social media persona, but as an excuse for murder. It's terrifying and frustrating that we still live in a world where the th- we are under threat for believing something other than the mainstream. And yet, it still seems as though <laughs> people who are just visiting, so to speak, all they see is light, airy fluff. That's still a negative image, a negative portrayal of people who have alternative religions. When people downplay alternative religions merely because they're different, whether they're nasty or not, it still says a lot about the prevailing ideas about what we deal with and who we are as people because of our religious beliefs. It is deadly serious when we talk about people deciding who we are or are not based on what they have in their mind about our religious peculiarities. When someone others members of the pagan community, however you identify, what is it giving them permission to do to us? The number of incidences of violence and hate merely because of my religious beliefs are significant to the point where it's a cause for concern for my the safety and well being daily. As a younger, more <laughs> boisterous member of the community, I, I had adorable witchy bumper stickers that I put on magnets so I could put them on my car. And I thought, well, if they're on magnets, if I'm going somewhere I don't necessarily know what the, the prevailing ideology is going to be, I can remove them. If I'm going somewhere in the Bible Belt, I can remove them for my safety and my, my well-being. And it just got to the point over the years where it stopped being worth it to to be able to say yes I'm a witch on my car it doesn't it doesn't really do any benefit at this point so it just got to the point where they they just live on the garage door now and it's sad in my own town in a blue state PS by the way uh, I really expected to be able to have a religious bumper sticker on my car and not get hassled for it I had a man drive me into oncoming traffic while screaming out the window thou shalt not suffer which to live and it's just you you don't think about these things happening today in 2011 <laughs> or t- 2021 I don't know where 2011 came from uh We should not have to face this every day. I was the organizer for the local witchcraft group that spanned the state line because our, our city is on the border of four states. Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey all come together in a little corner. And you'd think that in this day and age, it might be a little easier to do something like that. But I was head of these groups, one on one side of the line, one on the other side of the line. Where we unfortunately, we we made sure it very clear on the website that we can't accept any members under 18 because we wanna make sure that everyone is legally allowed to discuss religion. You had to be above the age of majority. And still we had a parent of a child who wanted to join our group. They weren't even permitted to join the group. Um, But because they found our group's website in the search history for their child, threats of actual physical harm, a, a viable threat were made repeatedly. threats of murder to, you know, burn down my house, kill my pets, kill my family. Because we're of a different religion than the the person making these threats. I really wish that we lived in a time and a place where that wasn't an everyday occurrence. But there hasn't been one yet. (laughs) Maybe, maybe at some point in the future that will happen. Um. It's just a difficult discussion to have. When we see kids playing dress up at Halloween, it's sweet and it's adorable. And you want, you know, want to make sure that they have a good time, go out, collect candy, have fun with your friends. But the realities of being a witch are not as lighthearted as they might seem. To the children who get to dress up. The idea of. The overriding. Fear that just. Blanks out. Their rational. Thinking mind. To the point where. People are no longer themselves. It's just. Saddens me to the point where. I wonder how we can move forward, how we can better protect the pagan community, as well as have enough of an outreach, have enough of a conversation that we can protect those people who are most vulnerable. As a very young, I was 16 when I was outed. the threats that accompanied were vicious and unrelenting. Kids hurling fist-sized rocks at me when I'm getting getting off the bus. The fear that just overrides any and all sense. I'm sorry, this is this is harder to talk about than I, uh, I gave myself credit for when I thought about this episode those threats are real and honestly I don't have the answer I don't know what the right thing to do is I don't know what the right thing to say is but those threats are very real and discussing them within your communities, with your friends, with your family, with your high priest, high priestess, whoever you find solace in discussing these things with, please take some time to make sure that you are as safe as you can be. I made a whole outline, (laughs) but I just... this is a heavy subject and I think I'm going to make this a a mini episode because I don't think either one of us can talk about this for another 45 minutes Um, if you'd like to talk about this if you have questions or you want to share some ideas you can reach out to the Blackthorn Grove podcast at gmail.com and I don't Like I said, I don't know what the answer is, but I I know just talking about it sometimes helps. I'm here for you. Both on the Blackthorn Grove on Facebook and elsewhere on social media. I just appreciate you turning in and sort of checking in. I hope you have a happy and safe sowing. your loved ones are with you and that you are secure in your own practice um, behind those safe walls that we put in place for all of our safeties. Blessed Samhain! Remember, we're all trees in the forest. Nurture each other.